It's your old pal, the Crypt Keeper. Tonight's tale of terror comes from the Trick or Treaters podcast. Join them as they journey into the horrifying unknown. <laughs> you are listening to the Trick or Treaters podcast, part of the Slash and Cast Podcast Network. Movie reviews, horror news, and all the gory details. Listen if you dare. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Trick or Treaters podcast. I'm your host, Kyle, and as always, I'm joined by my wonderful co-host, JR. JR, JR, it... It feels like it's been a million fucking years since I've spoken to you, and I have missed you, brother. How have you been? Matt, it, um, you know, like that last half of September was, uh, it was interesting. I, uh, unfortunately, um, uh, contracted COVID, so I was on quarantine and sick for about 10 days, and it just kind of put me on my ass a little bit, and, you know, the fortunate part was fortunately I was vaccinated and, um, and essentially based on my doctor's prognosis or, uh, opinion, you know, relatively in good health and based on the way I eat and work out at the gym. So it did, you know, it was kind of miserable cause I was in lockdown for 10 days and didn't get to see anybody or really didn't talk to anybody and just was, um, just dealing with symptoms that, you know, compared to, you know, what I knew my family went through, because I had a number of individuals in my family and things I've heard um, were mild, but, um, you know, it just still was fatigue. And I was getting like these really bad head, like headaches that just stayed all day. And I normally don't like taking medication because I just, I don't like taking anything that's like a painkiller. So having to get used to that concept of, you know, taking things to help and uh, just taking care of myself. And fortunately, you know, after 10 days, I, I was got a, I, for the most part, was in good health. I just had dealt with a little bit of fatigue and a little bit of sinus issues. And I got doctor's clearance to go back into society. And um, just, and then on top of that, I just getting back into trying to get back into the group of work. So, it was a interesting, you know, last half of September, but, you know, starting with October, fortunately, I know it's only been five days, but man, it's just, it's been a good five days so far, getting back into the gym, working out, you know, getting back my, my cardio and enjoying spooky season um, and got a chance to see a real good film, you know, based, you know, that you had picked out. And it was actually one of the things I was thinking about as we were going into, you know, our schedule. And for those who may not know, Kyle and I, you know, about a month away, we kind of look at the schedule of what we kind of the movies want to pick for the upcoming month. And we had already, I think we set this our October schedule like in mid-August. And typically from the ones that, you know, I pick are either classics like Halloween, 
in this month we'll get to at the end of the month Halloween 2 1981 because I'm big into anniversaries and, and things like that or sometimes because of um, a person like James A. Janice from Dead Meat has a, has a review that I saw and I just like oh this, this would be interesting to do something longer form or if it's something like what we did with the, the Shutter or uh, Netflix I see a title and I'm like uh, this may be good so those are the way I kind of pick. You kind of feel are like the, you know, find the hidden gems and things I've never heard of. I'd never heard of Haunt until, we, until you selected it. And, you know, seeing it, I was like this, oh my God. I was just, you know, felt like you're a mastermind. So I say you're like my horror guru because it was to me, uh, I'll just say this quickly, you know, this is uh, one of my top two horror films that I've seen for the decade of 2010 through 2019. Oh, wow. That's a lot of praise. Yeah, I just, you know, I know that it's the reason why I say that and not to get into an early review, but it's just the way that the film was put together, the the intrigue of it, that things were a little bit different. And when I mentioned, you know, in our first episode of when we went back, going back to last year, you know, I kind of wasn't in horror for a long time. It, not in that sense, but like, I always kept up like I watched things like Halloween and Child's Play and Nightmare and Friday and the remakes and, you know, Evil Dead. But like I never I never found or looked into getting hidden gems or shutter or stuff like that until we started Trick or Treaters podcast and finding movies that we've never seen before. One of the ones I could think about is like the Banana Splits film. Haunt is another one. Uh, the one that we didn't get a chance to cover, but we'll eventually cover down the road. Uh, Beelzebub. So you start seeing like, you know, these films, you know, they're kind of new, but from a story aspect, from a character aspect, from special effects aspect, looking at films in a different perspective, you know, I just, man, Hot was just a really, like a really good film that I think was, was pretty solid in the way that it was from beginning to end as a story. And, um, and I'll talk about more reasons about that, but yeah, that one. And I think Halloween 2018, are like my top two from 2010 to 2019. Yeah. Hunt, hunt, hunt's really, really good. Uh, I can't remember how I found it. Uh, I, I, I just know it was one of them that was on shutter and just, uh, I, I watched it and just fell in love with it. It, it it's like a, it, it's a bit low budget, but it's still like, done really well it's still filmed really well and it truly captures like uh like the, the atmosphere of a uh, of a basically like a low budget ha- a haunted attraction like one you would see it just in some you know one like a just some like small town uh you know not something that has like a that has like a big budget company behind it you know, one of the things for me is I, I think about, and I was talking to uh, my coworker about the film today, and the thing I enjoyed about Hot is there was scenes that were unexpected, like either jump scares or certain aspects, um, situations of the film that I, you know, when you see it, you still get that jump scare. And I feel like for maybe for so long, you get kind of lulled into when you see a horror movie, you're like, this is going to happen. 
that's what's gonna happen. That wasn't scary. That wasn't that good. And then it's just like it, you know, it's all right. You know, they fall. You know, they follow a basic you know script or basic outline, and they move forward. Especially when you look at things that are maybe B-rated horror or things that are low budget or things that are not get mass release. And with this film, there was just there were certain like as I mentioned, there's certain situations they got into where I was just like, oh shit, that was crazy. Like just like I was legit know, terrified or scared, but I was like, it made me jump and I was like, it brings you back to that situation. Like the first time seeing like Child's Play or the first time seeing, you know, Nightmare on Elm Street. Like I feel like, you know, when you get to the point where you're either getting into a lull or you become uh, for lack of a better word, like you become immune to getting a jump scare to get a jump scare or something like that. You know, you kind of when you see a horror film, you kind of you know lose its luster. But you know, I felt the way that Haunt was shot and put together was you know kind of made me feel like a kid again. Yeah, yeah, I would agree. Uh, before we get into it, just some uh, uh, just some things kind of go over uh, before we start talking about this. So you know, this is a you know this will drop on Friday. The eighth uh and uh well this is a pretty big upcoming week well we have coming next week because uh on sunday the ninth is the 25th anniversary screening of of scream from uh the original scream from 1996 uh i had tickets to watch it uh i'm i'm gonna go watch it i'm super excited screams one of my all-time favorite movies and, you know, just on top of finally seeing it in theater, something I've always wanted to do, uh, it's already been confirmed that the trailer for 2022 Scream uh, that, that releases in January is going to be attached to it. So we're going to get the first look at the new Scream, and I'm so excited. But I'm also a little worried because I don't want them to show off too much. I have faith that they'll find a way to make a good trailer without spoiling too much, though. But I am super excited. You know, um, I kept going back and forth for what it's like. Am I going to go? Am I not going to go? Am I going to go? Am I not going to go? I think a big reason why is because uh, one, I was trying to um, just be honest, like just trying to save money right now. and I know it's like, oh, it's only 15, you know, it's like $15 with fees and stuff like that. But as soon as you had told me, hey, they're showing the Scream trailer and I'm just like, oh, fuck this. I got to see this film. And uh, uh, just confirm, I just have my, bought my ticket for this uh, this Sunday to watch Scream 25th anniversary. Hell so yeah. uh, literally just bought it as we speak. So I'm excited about it. You know, Scream is probably you know without a doubt within my top five favorite you know horror films is pro I, I think it's really probably number two behind halloween i just love the characters of the film whether it's you know courtney cox or david arquette or uh uh nev campbell or i think if i say his name right skeet ulrich, skeet uh, ulrich. especially yeah. and matthew lillard um you know they just a great job and really you know captures that essence of a slasher film and like that whole beginning you know aspect and not to rehash our previous review but that whole beginning you know uh 
sequence with Drew Barrymore sets a tone for that film that's so good. And it is, um, you know, um, the late, great Wes Carriman did an amazing job with that. Oh, yeah. And uh, uh, I'm sure you, you, uh, I just uh, remember this. Uh, I'm sure you, you know this. You're, you're a big fan of his. Uh, you know, we're recording on Wednesday, October 5th. Today is the birthday of the late but great, uh, you know, horror icon legend, Donald Pleasance. Oh man, that that man, Donald Donald Pleasance is a big reason why I love the Halloween franchise. Yep. Even like Halloween Five is amazingly not good. I mean, it's not the worst <laughs> in the series, but there's a lot. There's a lot not to be um not, not, that you look at that film, you, you kind of cringe about you know, how far that one drops from Halloween 4. And, uh, you know, Halloween 6, you know, has some bright spots, but it's also not exactly a great sequel either. But, man, Donald Pleasance just, like, saved those films. They do such a... just He's such a great actor. And I remember, you know, even outside of the Halloween franchise, and I can't remember the name of the movie, um, but I had... saw him... In, it was a war movie that he had did um, prior to the Halloween franchise. And I can't, I don't want to start, you know, gasping for straws trying to figure it out. But you know, I had seen him in that one, in this war movie I saw in like world history class back in high school. And I just kind of popped him like, oh my God, that's Dr. Sam Loomis. And it was interesting to see him in another role. And then in um, another film that I saw, Actually, if I will say this, it it actually I think was after he did Halloween, and I'm fairly confident in saying the film was All Quiet on the Western Front, which was released in November 1979. I'm pretty sure that's what the that was the film because I think believe that one has to do with the World War One, yeah. And he had a small a role in that, but another film that he did um, with. John Carpenter, which is kind of the, um, I'm trying to think of the way that they titled it. The um, they call it the Apocalypse trilogy with the thing and in the Mouth of Madness was in 1987. He released the film Prince of Darkness, which is another film I saw Donald Pleasance yeah. in. Um, he plays a priest. You know, I just really enjoyed his work that he did in the films I saw him in, and you know. It's, it's you know it's unfortunate that he's no longer you know obviously he was an older man but it's unfortunate that you know he's no longer continuing in the in the Halloween franchise because even like in Halloween 2018 and you know I was actually thinking about this um, you know how much more can they do with the Halloween franchise you know it's been over 40 years since Halloween 1978 came out but man it's just it's like I just can't get enough of it and i don't care if i'm 75 i feel like i always want to see a new halloween film because of how much i loved the characters that john carpenter created and the big one was dr sam loomis and yeah i just wish like a part of me wonders 
what would his character have been if he decided if he was alive and was able and able to come back for like Halloween 2018 and how unique it was. And I thought it was kind of really, um, it was really cool kind of that they were able to find a way to bring him in kind of like a cameo way into Halloween 2018 by doing like a, the voiceover where the actor kind of sound like Donald Pleasant. So yeah. yeah. Um, just he was a great actor and such a huge integral part to you know the Halloween franchise yeah uh uh it's funny that you mentioned that you know you could be 75 and always still want more Halloween movies because uh I don't know if you heard recently uh, uh Jason Blum basically said that they would like to continue making Halloween movies after Halloween ends. Yeah, and if I'm not mistaken, <laughs> I live, I'm laughing as I say this. I I don't know if it was Jason Blum. I'm pretty confident it was Jason Blum, but I heard the rumor that they want to revisit the Halloween three season of The Witch, and I was like, God damn it, let that movie die. <laughs> I, I I can't wait to revisit that here sometime this but, October. Um, Everybody knows my love, my, you know, the reason why I have heat with the Halloween three season of the witch. But you know what, though? <laughs> I, I said this next year. I told TC and Jess from Scream Creams, we're going to do a crossover dual simulcast of Scream Queens and Trick or Treaters podcast where we review uh, Halloween season of the witch season of the witch. Because I think in 1982, I think it was released in 1982, I believe. I think it was. So yeah. obviously, as I just said earlier, that I'm big on anniversary. So we're going to watch it. But when we watched Halloween 3 Season of the Witch, um, when with the Scream Queens, when they did the, um, I think it was HHN at home. Back during the summer. Does that ring a bell, Kyle? Yeah, it was. Um and I was like, you know, seeing it in another light, you know, giving more credit. I was just like, you know, it, it is. It's it's a very intriguing and it's a good story. It's just it, it gets that curse from people like me and that were if you if you knew what you're getting into, you probably would enjoy it more. But if you got into it, thinking you're going to see a Michael Myers sequel and that didn't happen. then that's why you get the attitude I do. So. But it was a very, you know, it was a very intriguing, interesting film. And I see another light and there were some good effects into it. So seeing what Jason Blum has done and Blumhouse Productions have done with with horror films, I definitely would, you know, give it a shot and see it in theaters. Yeah. But I yeah. want more Michael Myers, though. I mean. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> uh, but uh, to not segue into our talking about Halloween you know, besides Scream, you know, this is a huge week we have coming up next week because one that we've been waiting since last year for, uh, it, it, I know technically it released, it, it's technically, it's supposed to, it's, uh, it, it, it's uh, release is October 15th in theaters uh, next Friday, but, uh, you know, you can see it early on Thursdays, uh, usually is when the, the early screenings are, and I'm seeing it Thursday, and I think, and uh, I, I'm sure you'll see it one of those days. Uh, we're finally, finally getting Halloween kills in theaters. 
Yeah, uh, someone has to explain it to me about how it releases on Thursday, um, Friday. Like the official release date is Friday, October fifteenth, but te- but it actually releases on Thursday, October fourteenth. Wednesday, someone's gonna have to explain that to me. Just yeah. say it releases on October fourteenth. It doesn't make any sense to me. Um, and I remember, uh, not to get too far in the weeds, but I remember when films would release that they would do um like midnight showings. So it was technically like at twelve oh one, you would see a release of Star Wars or you know avengers or something like that and all of a sudden like 12 o'clock became 10 o'clock 10 o'clock became eight o'clock then all of a sudden now it's like the first showing is now seven o'clock is pretty standard the thursday before the official release date but um yeah you know i was thinking of this too um like this week we have been talking about it for months like saying oh my god it's like it's i remember saying it's 35 weeks it's 30 weeks it's 20 weeks and now it's just you know mere days away that we're you know finally getting this massive week of horror from the screen the scream 25th anniversary halloween uh kills drops on thursday october 14th and um i'm actually taking my nephew my nephew um has become a horror fan he likes horror movies so i get this is the first horror film that i get a chance to take him to so I'm pretty excited taking them to see to see it. But the other thing, and to also segue to how important this week about how big it is, just to go back a couple of days, um, on Tuesday, October 12th, is the release on, I it, believe it's a simulcast on both USA and Sci-Fi, the first episode, the, C, the series premiere of Chucky. Yep. And I celebrated by my, I, the, my favorite clothing company, Roosevelt's Clothing, they create uh, button up shirts a lot of it is pop culture i got into it because of, they created wrestling shirts of like macho man randy savage the nwo um then they came out with sandlot teenage mutant turtle back to the future um last year they released their are you afraid of the dark the old uh snick nickelodeon tv series like for their spooktober release this year they released horror icons they did universal monsters um, a shirt, a button-up shirt. They did a uh, Freddy Krueger uh, long-sleeve button-up that kind of resembled a sweater. They did a Jason Voorhees um, mask shirt. And then they also did a two Child's Play button-ups. And I bought one of them. That's a really cool shirt. I put it on my uh, Twitter account. I, I, love the, I love the company. I love the button-up shirts. And I can't. That's how I celebrate. I can't wait for next Tuesday with that because Chucky is probably the most. You know, he's not my favorite one because Michael is, but he's definitely my number two. But probably the most significant aspect of my being a fan of the horror genre because Child's Play three was the first horror film I ever saw as a kid. Yeah, I'm 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 equally as excited about the Chucky series because it's. It's a canon to the movies, and uh, uh, almost everybody from the movies is returning. It's going to be a super fun show. I'm looking forward to it. Uh, On top of that, I mean, if if that along with Halloween Kills and Scream isn't enough for you, like, well, we just have like a slasher rejuvenation next week because the first five episodes of uh, of Amazon Prime's "I Know What You Did Last Summer" TV series drops. And then on the 16th, on Saturday, I don't know what 
what streaming service it's going to be on. I have to check again, but the the first episode, the, the I think just the first episode of the TV series for Slumber Party Massacre also drops. So it's just going to be an insane week next week. Yeah. So with uh, I'm very interested in um, learning more about. Um, about the um try I'm trying apologize I'm trying to spit it out about the I know what you did last summer uh TV show because uh, a similar slasher film you know scream they did they had a TV series that was had with no way related to the movies and you know I thought they did a pretty good job um it's a little bit um different than what it's a little bit different than what they did with, um, I would say, other films or other TV shows. It was kind of it was kind of unique, and then they ended up doing, I think, two series that was one story, and then they did a third season that was a completely different story that actually was a little bit. I don't want to say it was it wasn't related to the Scream movies, but they brought back the Ghostface costume, which was different because that wasn't what the original uh, first two seasons had it was a it was like a completely different story um and like costume that they had that um for that as far as the summer party massacre um that is actually a series i still need to get into i've actually have not yet got into it yet going back to um you know getting my deep dive back into horror but I do believe the Slumber Party Massacre releases on Sci-Fi on October 16th. Okay. Which I, I'm sure there'll be... Uh, uh, I don't know, if does Sci-Fi have like a streaming... Is it like available to watch on Hulu as well? Because I think that's how Chucky's going to do, if I'm not mistaken. That is a great question. I yeah, I, I don't know out. because honestly, most of my horror streaming I do is uh, I've never used Sci-Fi. I've either used Shutter or I've used Prime. Uh, but definitely, I need to find out before next Tuesday. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, for sure. Yeah, it, it's gonna be a super fun week. I'm I'm excited. I'm so excited. But uh, yeah, uh, just a little something. To, uh, that we're excited about beforehand but uh you know let's uh... you know what's a, another thing that as I, I just found out about the uh the television premiere for both uh summer party but sci-fi is also i need to find out more about this they're also debuting a new series about um which i think this comes out on october 15th and uh, guys this is like you know we're shooting straight from the hip this is as live as you can get they're debuting on Friday, October 15th, um, inspired by George A. Romero's uh, day, um, universe, um, The Day of the Dead. Oh, wow. So they're releasing next week three horror TV shows, Chucky, Slum Party Massacre, and on October 15th, well, um, I'm reading this verbatim from Sci-Fi Wire, Run for Your Lives, the series premiere of Sci-Fi's Day of the Dead will officially rise from the grave on October 15th. And unlike the characters of this show, you got a heads up. Inspired by the zombie universe of George A. Romero, 
who first brought the shambling undead to life in 1968, Night of the Living Dead. Showrunner Scott Thompson and Jed Elenoff are giving us a fresh zombie apocalyptical series. Day of the Dead follows a group of strangers trying to survive the first 24 hours of an undead invasion in their small, conflict, uh, conflict-filled town. This ode to Romero's famous flesh eaters reminds us that sometimes all it takes to bring people together is a horde of hungry zombies trying to rip them apart. Uh, Day of the Dead is executive produced by Stan Spry, Jeff Holland, and Drew Brown. It is written by showrunners Alanoff and Thomas. Day of the Dead premieres on Sci-Fi on October 15th at 10 p.m. Eastern. So, wow. It's like every single day next week we're getting hit with some, you know, big bombs, whether it's in the, the cinemas or on your television show. So, three TV shows debuting on Sci-Fi. Chucky, Day of the Dead, and Summit Party Massacre. Yeah, it's it's insane. <laughs> like it is the greatest time to be a horror fan. It's it's almost it's it, in a I don't know if it's a weird way, but in a it's like we we lost Halloween in twenty twenty, and the horror genre just said, "Fuck you, we're we're getting like our Halloween back in twenty twenty one. We're gonna get two years of Halloween work in one year." So, I mean, we talked about, you know, like I said, that's straight from that. That was, as we say in wrestling, a shoot that was straight from, you know, live breaking news as we're, I was getting information about some party massacre, finding out about day of the dead. So next week is a going to be a busy week for all of us uh, horror fans. Oh yeah. I am excited, but uh, yeah, that's, uh, that's all we got as far as like any kind of news or upcoming releases uh, per se. So uh, Jer, I say we get straight into the meat and potatoes of today's episode. Let's do it. Let's do it. We are talking about 2019's hunt, which is available to stream on shutter. Currently it is directed by Scott Beck and Brian Woods, who also directed a quiet place and fun fact, uh, they, simultaneously wrote the script for uh hunt while they were uh while they were also doing a quiet place so uh but and they they wrote both of them and didn't expect either one to get made and both of them got made which is really neat and uh this movie was produced by todd garner and eli roth which is really which is really great and it stars katie stevens will uh will Retain by Lauren McLean. It was first released August 23rd, 2019 at Fright Fest, and then it got a U.S. release on September 13th, 2019. It has a runtime of 92 minutes, and it made a box office total of $2.4 million. So, uh, you know, uh, you know, essentially, you know, right off the bat, we got, it's uh, you know, directed by two people two guys who did a quiet place quiet places critically acclaimed you know great film and then we also have eli roth attached as a producer so this movie's instantly got two things going great for it straight off the bat no i agree and you know what thing is um they definitely have the experience of being you know in the horror genre with the individuals they have 
another thing too is ju- I just kind of want to shout out Eli Roth because Eli Roth, you know, with not just his work um, behind the scenes, but I, um, him as an actor, he had some you know roles, uh, especially in Tarantino films. I remember him being uh, Donnie Donowitz in Inglorious Bastards. Yeah, he's a he's a pretty good dude. You know, if he gets you know, I'm. You know, in front of the camera, you know, in in a ways, uh, you know, it's funny I just mentioned that as far as Tarantino, but um, similar to Tarantino, you know, he I think he can kind of hold his own in front of the camera too. So, as as good of work he does behind the camera, either producing or directing or writing, you know, I think he does a good job also in front of the camera. So I definitely I would just want to give a shout out to Eli Roth because I, I like his work in front of the cameras as well as behind the camera. Yeah. Oh, oh same here. Same here. Eli Roth's great. Uh, so you know, basically to to just kind of sum up this film before we start talking about it. Essentially, you got a group of friends who are at a Halloween party, and they end up uh, they end up meeting with, with some more people, and they leave the Halloween party, and they want to go find uh, one of the they wanted to go find one of the haunted house attractions, basically one of those extreme haunts. They're wanting to find one of those to kind of just have something fun to do that night. And they end up uh, coming across this hunt, unfortunately. And, you know, I go through and you know, it's at first it, it sort of looks like your typical, you know, low budget, uh, every town, every October hunt. But then, as you as they go through more, you realize that the rooms each have kind of have their own. They each kind of have their own personality. It's easy to figure out what room is what. And I love that each room is different. Like the opening room looks kind of basic, but then the rest are all kind of very have have their own little unique thing to them. And then on top of that, it's like the uh, the people the scare actors, they all have some very interesting costumes and, and really, really awesome masks and stuff that I, I really, really liked. I'm hoping that, well, if I'm not mistaken, I think trick or treat studios or somebody similar does like replicas of some of these masks and stuff. Cause some of these masks are really, really good. You know, it was actually, to me, it was interesting. Um, there's one, very quickly, I just want to bring up one of the the one negative I had about this film is the main character that is played by um, uh, Mallory. Uh, yes, Katie sees. Uh, no, I'm sorry, is it Harper? Harper Harper yeah, is the main character, did, right? Yeah, yeah, Harper is main character. I apologize. So Harper is the main character played by uh, Katie Stevens. As we see her in the beginning, she's with her roommate, and she's putting on. Uh, makeup on her face because she has an abusive alcoholic boyfriend and you know the abusive alcohol boyfriend and i'm saying this coming from somebody who studied you know domestic violence he's a piece of shit he's yeah. abusive you know I, I just said he's abusive but he's also has like the psychological uh type of um aggression where he has like this controlling thing and it kind of you see it later in the film where he's like he has GPS tracking on her, uh, yeah. you know, by way of her phone. But th- this whole relationship, and I'll just spoiler, just get to the part. He dies in he dies in the haunted house. Has yeah. no purpose. 
unless there's something you can tell me, Kyle, that I missed, has no purpose in the film. This yeah, the abusive uh, piece of boyfriend has no reason being in this I, film. I love that you mentioned that because like n- not even shitting you, like without well, even tell- talking to you about it beforehand. That was literally what I was gonna bring up. Was that exact thing was the boyfriend besides maybe having you know somewhat of a psychological uh uh connection with what's going on and what she's going through it really has no place like i don't understand why he was even there he literally besides just having them to have a a a vehicle at the end to escape in he literally shows up and gets killed immediately i I mean he 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 offered nothing to the movie (laughs) So I, I think it definitely that brought down uh, I would not affect the rating, but it, it definitely I feel like brought a negative part of the film that just just wasn't needed. There yeah. was no point to that. He didn't have like this change of heart. He didn't apologize. He didn't like try to save. There's nothing happened. Uh, no, no weird plot twist. I mean, there was even um, as Harper is essentially the main the main girls, you know, and she's basically become the final girl in the film. There's nothing in that psychological aspect because there's something, I don't want to, I won't talk about this yet though, but there's something that happens that essentially gives her the strength to overcome the adversity she deals with, with uh, against the main, the main antagonist of the film, but it has to do, but has nothing to do with her boyfriend. So that's just one thing, but uh, just quick, you know, going back to what you mentioned about the haunted house, uh, and the costumes, the one thing that was, I kind of dig the costumes because they were, to me, they were very reminiscent of like 80s style costumes. They basically were like hoods, yeah. hoods or capes with plastic ma- plastic masks that yeah. were um, but not basic, but they also were just, it kind of had that unique style where it felt kind of gritty, which I thought brought a kind of cool element to it because the haunted house was, which was essentially in a rundown warehouse. Uh, yeah, that's how the look was. It felt like, you know, w- they got there the way that the haunted house was built with. Um, I'm trying to think of the first the first part of it, but um, there's a part where essentially they're going through like this, you know, like the, these uh, corridor walkways, and they're like wood panelings, so it had like that gritty look of it. So. Um, and then they also had like you know there was like a tunnel at one part there was uh, a very I'm, I'm trying to think of the word i think it's um like a blue collar refinery or blue collar steel it's not coming to me the, the correct phrase i'm trying to use but it had that more grit you know than yeah. you would have let's say like in a cornfield or in a department store that I, i've actually been to a haunted house in the old department store so I, that's oh, why wow. I thought the um, that's why I thought it was cool about the the costumes because it had like that to me like a little bit of grittiness. Oh yeah, it was really neat. Uh, the, like the, like I said, the, the costumes like while they are somewhat, I guess you could say basic, it's still not. They still like were very, uh, very terrifying. Like it wasn't like basic to the point where you're like, oh, I'm not even, I don't, I'm not scared a bit at these. It's just like the way that they made them with the costume, it just added a level of, 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 of fear to it. 
But uh, yeah, let's talk. Let's just uh, talk about some of the stuff uh, in the film. Uh, okay, so we talked about the whole boyfriend aspect. That was kind of weird. Didn't really play much into the movie at all. Uh, <laughs> what do you think about when they were running from who I assume was the boyfriend that was uh, stalking them on the way to the haunted house, and then they stop. And they're like thinking, okay, everything's fine. Then all of a sudden, a haunted house sign just happens to light up behind them, and they decide to go there. (laughs) Just, it was weird. It just wasn't, I guess, I don't know if it's not that it wasn't needed. It's just, I don't know. I mean, I for one wouldn't go to a haunted house that just ran up this seemed to just suddenly appear. <laughs> it, it's it's kind of weird. And also, uh, there's a line in there that was absolutely hilarious when they first uh, find the haunted house and they drive up and they're looking around and they, and they said it looks kind of sketchy. No, this one girl uh, is on her phone. I think it's Mallory. Yeah, she's on her phone and she's looking at reviews and she literally says... Well, it only has one review on Yelp, but uh, it says the proceeds uh, go to go to the Red Cross. So that's cool. <laughs> Sorry, if if a haunted house only if you go to some sketchy place and there's only one review of it, it's probably not a good idea to go in there. I don't think it was a good good idea to go to any place that has one Yelp review. <laughs> yeah. Like, I can't imagine going into a restaurant that's like, well, what's the name of the restaurant? And it's like, oh, it's John's Diner. It's like, how many reviews does that? Well, it's like one Yelp review and it says like, you know, it's kind of sketchy, but, you know, they do help out the community. Yeah. Yeah, I know. It was like, she's basically just like, yeah, it only has one review, but, you know, the proceeds go to the Red Cross. So, okay, that's fine with me. (laughs) Oh. And then, like, when they get there, wait, first of all, the guy that plays the clown, oh, man, that he was creepy as shit. Uh, like, I, I'm not scared of clowns, but even I was a little kind of like, I don't know about that. Uh, he, he's this, basically, like, he's this, this this guy that's dressed as a clown at the start of the, when you first pull up, who's waiting by a box that you have to... Uh, in order to go in the haunted house, you have to get, get, get the key to, and in order to do that, you have to give up your cell phones and sign liability rip, a, a waivers. First of all, I don't care what haunted house I'm going to, they're not getting my cell phone. Like, th- that should be a red flag immediately. Well, the fact is that, if we take it back 30 seconds, is that they get they meet this clown who again has a very i say gritty look because he stringy hair has his plastic mask refuses to talk is trying to play games with them and then he you know magically gives him this key to a box that has the rainbow forms it's like what do you mean i don't i've worked a haunted house before and we didn't have anybody sign waivers mm-hmm. number two it kind of also um, this will come into play kind of a bit of foreshadowing they, their waiver asked for all their information i can tell you this kyle uh, i mean i've done um waivers either for 
by university, going back to K through 12 school, there is nothing on any of the waivers that we signed that requests home addresses. The only, most of the time, the waiver is just, you need to sign it with your name. Yeah. Because the waiver really only comes into play if you try to sue them. So if you're, you know, if John Adams tries to sue, you know, Disney, they could say, hey, we have this waiver. It says right there, John Adams, that you, that you were, can't sue us and we're not responsible for any damages to you. So there's no need for, you know, sometimes ask for a phone number, um, which I've seen once uh, a couple times, but doesn't ask for home address, doesn't ask for and your phone number and your email address. So randomly giving up all your personal information to some, you know, clown that's creepy and doesn't talk in a random remote, you know, deserted warehouse is like a big no. Then to give up your phone, yeah. It's like, how do you know there's nobody around that these clowns, that these people are going to, like, minimum rob you? Yeah. And the reason they even go in in the first place is because when they pull up, they see another group who goes in first, and they're all sitting outside being sketched out by the clown, and they hear this blood-curdling scream, and then they're instantly like, yeah, we're going in. <laughs> I swear these people and uh you know that you know I, I didn't even pick up on the fact that uh that the liability waiver ha- had to have their home address and now it makes so much more sense for the ending yes. on why the, yeah i was like well okay because when you tell us like wait a minute they did give their home address okay so that makes sense now but yeah uh so like you know after that they you know they do all that they walk they go in the maze at first it's just kind of basic you got your basic house you, you got like a basic like little uh try and do a jump scare of a skeleton and then they also they have the typical uh vortex uh thing that you see in, in most haunted houses now and then they get to this part where the, one of the girls from the beginning group is pulled up in a body bag by a witch and the witch has like this uh, hot fire poker and she goes to shove it in her head. And right before it hits her head, the curtains thing, uh, curtains come up and disappear. And then they stir. So they all think it's part of the, all part of the show. But yeah. You, well, you, you know can... what it is, is that it's not just curtains, but they also, the, um, the, the screaming stops. And then there's also like this massive smoke cloud where they disappear. Yeah. Yeah. So they do that. And they all think it's part of the show. Harper, though, you can tell that she's kind of more, I don't know, that looks a little too real. I, you know what? I, I want to, I would love to hear your experience with HHN about how real things were. I can tell you with the haunted house that I work out, there is not a single thing that you would could envision at this haunted house that anything could be considered real. We had fake toy chainsaws. We had a wall that supposedly had like, um, like I, I'm trying to think what it's called. Uh, it's a type of saw. Uh, I think it's a rotary saw. They're basically like, you know, it's a it's a, a circular circular saw. I think that's actually what it is called, a circular yeah. saw with a round blade. Uh, we didn't use circular saw blades. We used like paint can lids to make it look like it was, you know, like a razor, a circular saw, you know, blade wall. Um, we you had fake knives um, that were, 
clearly plastic. I mean, there was not a single thing that looked real. So if you saw a fire poker that as real as that thing looked, I'd be questioning things. I'd be looking for the exit. So right. I, I mean, from, yeah. to, so to turn to you, how real was HHN like, which is probably the ultimate haunted houses? Oh, it looked, uh, oh, it, everything looked great. Uh, like, like I said, like this takes place at Universal Studios. So it's like some of the houses are on sound stages and, and stuff. So like, they all have like movie, like movie budgets. So they're able to get all the good shit. But uh, from what I could tell, everything looked great. I don't know if the web, I, I'm sure the chainsaws were real. They probably just didn't use the, the blade uh, chains and stuff. But, uh, but yeah, but everything looked really good. And honestly, like you, you couldn't tell whether or not it was fake or not. It was just an unbelievable experience. Like uh, anyone who is interested in ha- in haunted attractions, uh, horror, or just Halloween in general, you have to do what you can to make a trip to Halloween Horror Nights. It's the greatest thing ever. Um, well, I like the part that you added in that this done like essentially on Hollywood sound stages with like you know mini movie budgets, which is a lot different than yeah. a deserted warehouse in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, which is what this is. But but I mean, even for this to be like a deserted warehouse, this, they still have some pretty neat stuff to hear. Like things that like I, I like to see implemented in haunted houses. I like going to like okay, but no, this next thing I definitely probably wouldn't do. Just because I'm just not a fan of doing things like this, uh, uh, they go to this room where there are these three holes that says "reach inside," and they want you to stick your arm through the hole, but you can't see what's on the other side, and you have to feel around. Not a fan of that, because. I was thinking the first time I saw this movie that they were going to stick their hands in there and like somebody was going to come by and, and cut their arm off or something. Okay. This is one of the parts where I'm like, I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. I knew it was coming. And I still like went, oh, like, oh shit, and kind of jumped because you you already know like you put your hand in like your your hand in a, a hole like you know something's gonna grab you or something like that like you've seen too many movies to know that it's not gonna it you know it's not gonna happen yeah but the thing for me though that i thought was i, I think you know looking at the uh, the effects they used was um so essentially you know you know quickly summarize you know, they put their hand in the first one. They're like, oh, it's like brains. And, this, you know, and I think it was spaghetti or something like that. Uh, I don't can't remember exactly what it was. The second one, they were like, it was probably supposed to be eyes. Yeah, it was grapes. And yeah, grapes. And then the third one, there was nothing. And uh, the person, I can't think of her name, but she was Harper's roommate. She had borrowed uh, Harper's ring, which belonged to Harper's mother. Uh, she, Bailey. Bailey. And, and Bailey dropped it. So she put her hand back. Then something grabbed her hand. And so she was trying to let go. And all of a sudden, you see her, like, you know, pull back and get out. And she grabs her arm and flips her uh, forearm over. And she has this tattoo on her, on the inside of her arm that says love. And all of a sudden, you look. And slowly, these cuts open up. And she was cut by like a knife, or, or we found out later, which was a razor blade. And yeah. just the way that the way that effect was done, I thought was really cool. I, I oh mean, yeah, it was great. 
I've I've seen you know you've seen some stuff like that. Like I immediately think of like Resident Evil, the first one, where they're in that the room with like the lasers. Oh God! And, um, yes. Uh, I think of I'm trying to think like like Kill Bill. I think is another one where she gets her head chopped and you know all of a sudden it's like you know falls off. Yeah. You know, I think of stuff like that. But the way that this was done, just how, the way it was done slowly in the area, it was like I was like, oh, she's gonna bleed to death. Yeah. So I thought that was just it was done in a very uh, unique and cool way. Oh yeah, I because I thought what was gonna happen. I thought one of the arms were gonna get cut off. I thought that's what was gonna be the the, the consequence. Yeah, that's what I thought too. Which in and then in the grand scheme of things, it ended up you know working out because it was done the right way. Because long term, as we find out. Um, there was another girl, so there was, uh, which I think was Mallory, because there was three girls and two guys, right? Am I wrong? Uh, hold on, there are one, two, four. Uh, oh, four. There was four girls and two guys. Yeah. Um, because there was also the uh, well, which I think three guys if you count Sam. Was that the boyfriend? Yeah. Um. But the ones that went through the haunted house, there were six because I remember there's two teams of three, and there yeah. was also the I can't think of the. It may have been. Angela. Who yeah. Was man. the nurse? Yeah, Angela. Yeah. So, um, Mallory was another friend in a costume. She somehow goes missing, and we see her at this moment that she's behind a fence with the witch yeah. and the witch put yeah, it. She gets uh, separated because they go through, once again, they go through this maze where you have to crawl and there's dead ends on so, some things. And you, you can only go so many at a time because of the way it's set up. They have a weight thing where if you put too many at once, it'll, you'll fall through. And, uh, yeah, she, uh, Angela gets uh, not, not Angela, Mallory ends up getting separated from the group, and and they lose Mallory in the maze. And so, then that's where we find out that when the other everybody else, which is essentially um, Harper, Nathan, Bailey, Evan, and um, I think it was was angela there in that room and bailey's holding her arm but behind the fence we see that mallory's with the the witch and the witch has a fire poker and she another great effect she puts that fire poker straight through mallory's head yeah yeah, and then the curtains closed and so um yeah i'm like last time where there was smoke and maybe a bit of maybe a a suspense of disbelief that maybe it didn't happen. This one clearly fucking happened. <laughs> and so we ended up, you know, seeing then um, they come across. And the reason I say this is that this, they come across another of the, I guess, lack of the term is character who was the ghost and he's telling them like, no, no, it's all part of the act. Like, you know, the yeah, friend is the act and like, oh no, we take safety very serious. And, 
you know yeah, he goes by the name of uh, Mitch and when I saw him I was like okay cool uh, Mitch seems like a stand up guy and he gives him the keys to find the exit and just says like this is you know this shouldn't have happened this was an accident we'll, we'll get them we'll get them help and then as things start to play out they've already lost Mallory we kind of start real um as they're trying to get to an exit they go backwards and we slowly start kind of figuring out that the ghost who goes by Mitch is not exactly on the up and up because as um, I believe as Nathan goes, goes backwards, he goes through that, that same tunnel um, first. No, excuse me. It wasn't Nathan. It, I believe it was Evan. Evan, yeah. Evan went through the tunnel first, then Mitch, then it was uh, Nate. Um, then it was Nathan. Well, the ghost goes by Mitch, locks Nathan in the tunnel, and then we see. Yeah, yeah he literally puts a, a board up and 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 hammers it, blocking the exit. And so we already know this. This when shit's gonna start getting going wrong again. Um, then we encounter, which I wanted to talk about this. Um, and I know we're kind of going through sequences, but all this happens at once. Evan ends up going outside and is waiting, you know, waiting for um, his friends. And he's with uh, Mitch, meets him outside, the ghost. And they're waiting and waiting. And no one's coming out. And he's like, oh, my friend should have been here by now. And um, the ghost, Mitch, tells him, do you want, because they asked him to see his face earlier. And he yeah. says, do you want, you know, do you want to see my face now uh, still? And he, um, he takes off his mask and he, his face is clearly disfigured. Yeah. And he ends up putting a hammer into, uh, the side, into the side of Evan's head and yeah. a very gruesome one, one of the most gruesome kills I've seen in the horror film. He puts the hammer claw into Evan's mouth and rips essentially all of the upper jaw through, you know, the the nozzle area completely off the skull. Yeah. With the hammer claw. It absolutely was insane. I've never I mean, I've seen, you know, it, it brings to mind, you know, the the bear trap from uh from Saw. Yeah. But that was something that was like a machine mechanism type thing. But I've never seen a, you know, a kill by a person in that type of fashion. You yeah, know, I, it was really, 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 really great. Yeah, uh, we, we saw in, uh, we'll talk about this at the end of the month. But I mean, in Halloween too, we saw Michael Myers use a hammer claw as an instrument. I believe yeah. Jason used a hammer claw. Um I know Michael, again, we'll talk about this definitely next week with Halloween 2018. I know Michael used an, a hammer again in Halloween 2018. But yeah. that's just like a direct blunt strike in the sense just this way was just, man, it was just graphic and gory and it was brutal. And it comes up again later in the show where he tries it again and, and you're really kind of like freaking out if he's going to like end up pulling it off one more time. Yeah, it's yeah, yeah, it was a really insane kill and uh I love this aspect that they've added to the movie where the scare actors uh, are wearing these masks, but 
and then they take them off and they've like horribly disfigured their faces or like modified them or and made themselves look like terrifying even without the mask well and and actually as you say that uh, we'll quickly you know quickly jump over uh we encounter another mask character this one is a a devil um and he he uh at this point nathan is trapped inside of this tunnel so we have and evan's dead and uh mallory's dead so we have bailey harper and angela and the devil uh takes out um angela uh with yeah um with with a a mini pitchfork you know strike to the head and so he um the one thing that was weird i'm trying to remember is bailey somehow goes missing or just or or harper leaves her but she becomes one-on-one with the devil and the devil uh takes off his mask and he has done this body modification where you have these like bumps along his you know rigid bumps along his jawline he has black eyes he has piercings he has bumps i believe around his eyebrows it's very it's something that i remember seeing similar aspects of this in the old tv show called ripley's believe it or not where you met real people who done body modifications um so it was something that was very unique and then so we see ghost face face where he has this you know a different type of body modification or or disfigurement and then um we actually at one point i think around this time the the clown they originally met he takes off his mask as he has all the phones of everybody and his face is scarred to almost look like a clown mask without a mask with the way that his face is carved up with these scars and the one thing i the one thing i will say is it's not that it's needed but i would be very interested in a backstory to see what was these people's deal the the ghost the clown the devil and the witch yeah because it's like obviously they weren't just like a, a psycho family or they weren't like cannibalistic they were people that killed other people but they have these by you know uh modifications or disfigurements that they've intentionally done to themselves so part of me yeah. wonders like was well, this uh, well, well, later on, we, we come across uh, this other guy in a mask who takes his mask off, and he is a he's normal looking, and he hasn't killed anybody, and he even says that uh, they he didn't know that any of this was real, and they started killing people, and they told him that if he kills somebody, he'll earn his mask. So it's essentially like these people are killing people to earn this new mask on their face where they get uh, modified. Yeah. I was going to say like, I wonder if they actually were part of, um, um, a a schedule. Like if, I mean, uh, excuse me, a schedule, I read something on TV that threw me off. If they're part of like a cult, if it was like a cult thing, um, you know, a tribe, you know, like a demon type tribe, if it was something of that nature, especially when you encounter that person who, Let's just say he's a, um, we'll use a vampire lingo, like he's a familiar, he's a human, and he's like trying to become a vampire. In this case, he's like, he's a normal person who's like trying to join this cult. That's, that's why I wonder what it is, but I would, I would like, 
like I said, it's not needed, but I would be definitely interested in see what was a potential backstory of how they came to be. Yeah. Um, oh, and uh, what happened to Bailey was after Devil Mask kills Angela, because remember Bailey and uh, Bailey and I think uh, Harper are uh, are kind of like behind the door whenever Devil Mask comes to the door. And he, when he before he kills Angela, uh, uh, when Devil Mask kills Angela, Bailey runs into the tunnels to escape, which activates the trap door, which drops Nathan into the operation rooms, and uh, Bailey, and then I guess, and then he ends up saving Harper from Devil Mask uh, while they're fighting all the group's uh, phones and stuff. Yes. Yeah, and but but essentially they end up catching Bailey, and I felt so bad for what they did to Bailey because it, it was it was genius in a way, but also it's kind of like you know Harper should have really paid attention more. But uh, uh, what do you think? Whenever Nathan, whenever he was kind of back into the corner. And was uh, fixing to get attached, attacked by, uh, was he attacked by Devil Mask or Mitch? I think it was Mitch. And he ends up opening up, uh, uh, he ends up opening up Harper's uh, phone from behind himself and going to the text messages to where it's uh, Harper's uh, abusive boyfriend, Sam. And he ends up doing, uh, doing, uh, doing the little trick on iPhone where you can just basically click hold down a uh, hold down on a text message and it sends your location and he sends the location to Sam before he ends up uh, uh, getting away from Mitch it, it just was weird because again it goes back to what was the point yeah yeah I know because it's really it is weird because it's like they sent the thing to Sam as like and then you see Sam is like driving away or something then he gets the text message from Harper and it has the location. And so then he, he 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 turns around and he's going back, and it's like okay cool he's gonna come here, and he's gonna save he's gonna come in looking for Harper and he's gonna end up saving everybody or helping or end up uh, you know being a a sacrifice for everybody else to live or something he's gonna have some kind of redeeming quality I'm sure, but no he literally shows up uh, asks where Harper is. Uh, uh, and uh, he ends, uh, and he ends up getting killed by a clown mask, <laughs> like almost immediately. He uh, he like didn't even stand a chance. Like I don't even understand what the point was besides his trunk being there for them to escape in later. Um, so one of the things I was going to say, um, as we're getting kind of closer towards like, the, end, the one thing I liked is as we get through the haunted house, essentially they keep going forward because that's the way. So Harper continues going forward and she eventually ends up in this, in this room that is like a child, like a girl's, like a, 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 I'm trying to think of the word, an adolescent girl's room that has yeah. dolls and stuff like that. And there's like kind of like um, there's like clues to find the way out because there's a door that says this is the end or the yeah. end, um, and eventually she finds the key, 
for the door, but um, as she blocked the the door, she came in through the devil mask comes in, and she. This is where I, I kind of lose earlier. There was no point of the boyfriend, even the psychological aspect, because there was. Some, she talks about the ring and the importance of the ring. It had to do with something between her parents as she was a kid and how she used to hide under a bed when I believe there was like some, you know, some issues in the house. And she yeah, finally gets the, she, uh, her, her, her dad was abusing, abusing her mom when so, she was a kid. Yeah. And then she eventually snaps, like, I'm not going to be a victim. And the key that she found for the door, she jams it into the devil, the devil faces eye. Yeah. Um, and she puts it into the door and that has like these uh, cogs, you know, that turn. And all of a sudden she starts hearing a noise. And next thing we know, which I thought was also weird, is there was like um, on the door where it looked like there was a window cut out was a piece of like plywood. And all of a sudden we hear this big boom and it was a trap where it wasn't the end. It was like essentially a kill point, which very similar to what I've seen in a Saw movie. Yeah. Where the key by turning it kind of created a um a I'm trying to think of the way it was a mechanism that was like a pulley system that pulled a that pulled a rifle that sent out a, a blast through the door. And um I believe it was it could have been actually I now that I think clearly it was more it was a shotgun. She yeah. got clipped, but as she goes forward, um she realizes there isn't a way out and um and so she essentially she's fighting the devil, uh, devil face, um, and so she ends up finding a way to get the gun and kills the devil face. Yeah, um, yeah, I love the way she kills devil face too, devil because uh, basically he comes after her. He's he's bitch, bitching because you know she stabbed him in the. Uh, eye with the key and he goes to choke her but the pulley system thing is is messing with the shotgun so it's getting ready to load and the, the sound's coming and it's pop goes the weasel is the sound and you hear it slowly uh winding up and fixing to shoot and she hears this and so she ends up putting her finger uh, in his eye that she harmed hurting him causing him to lift his head up and then he gets his head you know pretty much blown off and then what happens is uh, to to move this forward. So she kills Devilface. Well, there's another guy who I believe he was another member, but I can't remember what his costume was though. Um, he, he he had this like, uh, uh, this one was like uh, he he he. This is the first time we're getting shown shown him, and we don't even know who it is because. Uh, this guy is basically wearing this giant. It's like this giant, like skeleton. It's just, it's this giant skull with all these like uh, all these cool horns and stuff everywhere, and he's wearing like this black cloak, and he's walking towards the room. Yeah, yes, and you know what? Uh, I actually I misspoke. Um, and something happens where like the person cloak comes in, and. Um, Harper takes the pitchfork from the devil and stabs it through the through the this hooded cloak person, and it comes to find out it's actually Bailey. Yeah, and it's actually Bailey. Yeah, and Bailey tells her that that they're coming for you. 
So uh, what happens at that point, then she's trying to get the shotgun out of the, of the, of this contraption. Then comes in this gentleman that we're talking about. And he was again, another disfigured character. Um, and he has a chainsaw. And so what ends up happening is he uses the, uh, she blocks a chainsaw. The chainsaw cuts part of the shotgun barrel off. And she's able to like essentially re- reload the shotgun and uses it to, um, you to kill this other character at this point as this is happening um nathan is on the other side of this plywood box he's able he put holes with the hammer through the box but he's attacked from behind by mitch and i'll be honest mitch the ghost he must have been an ma fighter in in his previous uh you know (laughs) profession because he is going to town on nathan he is hammering him with very fast body shots in a mount position um and then he puts as literally as we're saying this is happening simultaneously as she as Harper kills the person coming from her, uh, Mitch the ghost puts the the hammer claw the claw, claw part of the hammer into uh, Nathan's mouth, and um, she busts she's able to kill him, bust through the door, like bust through like the this uh, the plywood uh, wall, and then from there. Uh, goes and ends up taking out Mitch the ghost. So Harper yeah. has essentially killed uh, the devil, this new character, Mitch the ghost. Um, and as they escape, in another segment, they end up killing the witch by yeah. by essentially what happens is the witch, um, Harper comes out through a trap door. The witch is behind her. And as she ste- the witch steps off the trap door, Nathan puts it up, trips the witch, pulls her down, and Harper slams her in the face over and over again with this heavy trap door. Yeah, um, it's freaking great. And so, the, I, the, I'm still wondering who was the person in the costume that they put on Bailey. I think that was a, that was the gentleman. Uh, I think it was the the one that ended up having the chainsaw. No, because um, uh, but he's in there later on though. Uh, like he's. Because uh, there's a part where they slide down a tunnel, and you see the guy with the chainsaw, and he comes up to him. He's oh, trying that's to scare right. Because yeah, like it wasn't yeah. like a, it wasn't a Jason Max, but it was similar to a Jason mask. Yeah. Um, so or I, mean, I don't know who that guy story. was. They never show who that guy was. Um. Eventually, uh, Nathan and Harper they get into the dead boyfriend's truck. They get to the hospital. And they're getting, you know, treatment. And one of the things uh, that this is getting towards the ending, I thought this was really cool because I felt like the ending was a direction that was different than some other horror films happened. I think of Saw. I think of, um, I think the move was called Dead Silence, where it ends up seeing like, Basically, what happens is uh, Harper is in the hospital room, and the nurse says, "Hey, your boyfriend's going to be fine, or your friend's going to be fine. I, um, you're good to go. I need you to sign his release forms." It triggers a flashback where Harper realizes that everybody signed the waivers to get into the haunted house and put their address. Yeah, and then you see the clown who, at this point, has torched the haunted house, uh, is uh, driving towards what you perceive to be Harper's home, uh, where her mother lives. And um, you're thinking, like I said, mentioned those other films, 
somehow the bad guys always win, that the clown is going to kill Harper's mother or kill Harper. The clown busts through the door and ends up coming to the house and he can't move. And he is stepping on essentially industrial glue, which is in earlier in the sequence, Harper was in a in a similar trap where she stepped on glue and had to pull herself off of it. And as she pulls off of it, around surrounding her was a bunch of knives through the floor, excuse me, uh, nails through the floor in a very similar way. The clown, as he tries to pull himself off of the sticky glue, uh, falls and puts his hand through a nail. And as he looks, and as he tries to pull himself off the nail, he looks up and realizes above the house uh, fireplace is a holder for a, a rifle or a shotgun. Yeah. And he and looks she, at she has the uh the uh Pop Goes the Weasel song playing on a Bluetooth speaker. Yes. And as he turns around, he sees Harper and I believe the phrase was welcome to my haunted house bitch. No and no, she said uh she said let let's see your uh let's, Oh let's uh, see your face. It's a Take off your mask. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah. Let's take off your mask. And then she basically blows his it blows, you know, shoots him in the head and kills him, which is the it, end yeah. of the movie. And I love this ending because I I did me, too. It ended in a way that I was different than what I expected the way it was gonna end. Um I mean, because you've seen it, you even in Halloween or Friday or Nightmare, somehow the bad guy either is alive or wins. Um, yeah, and this one it was definitive. All these guys got killed, and she killed them all essentially by herself. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah. Harper, Harper is a great final girl in this movie, which, 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 uh, which I think, which Nathan also escaped as well. But it's just Harper is the one who ended up waiting in the house and killing, killing the clown, which is super smart to do. To, to remember that. Yes, and I mean, like, you know, Nathan, he did some work, but I mean, Harper uh, Harper was, you know, she just was able to overcome and was the, and I think, you know, maybe in a, um, you know, in a lot of ways, we, we come to love our final girls and is where, and also I think we're potentially used to it. Yeah. Um, I think they just get over, they just get over better I, I believe with horror audiences. Um, I don't know yeah. a lot of final guys that we've come to like. Like For even sure. if you even if you go back to a let's say a classic flasher film that we, I know what you did last summer, that you know with Freddie Prince Jr. Jennifer Love Hewitt. I don't think a lot. I have never heard anybody talk about Freddie Prince Jr. Nope. Talk about Jennifer Love Hewitt. So, you know that is um. You know, I that's why I think, um, you know, just Final Girls is that, you know, we love and Harper was just a great, uh, you know, was a good Final Girl. And oh, yeah. um, kind of, you know, wrapping it up, the one thing I would say is, you know, a lot of times with these, you know, low budget type films, acting gets into the way. And, you know, I wouldn't say the actors, they weren't necessarily memorable, but the way that the, the film was put together, the sequences, the 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 plot, the 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 kills, the effects—they didn't get into the way either. Yeah, like, 
Um, you didn't miss them. You didn't have feelings towards them, but they also didn't affect the film because unfortunately, way too many times we've seen the horror genres, especially low budget films, is just the shitty, the the horrible shitty acting you can't get over. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. There's there's really good acting in this. Amazing to effects. Uh, I love the app. This really like this truly just captures just your 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 haunt that you see in like these small towns and stuff, and not something that's like necessarily a big company put on, but just something that just it seems like it, it literally looks as if this group uh, found this warehouse one weekend and set up this haunt to bring people uh, to, 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 to kill them. And it, it's done really well. Uh, love the final girl too. in this, if, uh, 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 one of the things I like about this, movie, this, uh, if you, if you haven't seen it, it's on Netflix. There is a movie that came out a year before this in 2018 called Hellfest That was sort of like this, where it's a killer at like a horror theme park and the, the, they do go through some of the houses, but it's mostly done outside and it's just not done as well as this movie. And this one, one of the, one of my, one person I was watching review this movie on YouTube, he said it best. He said, Haunt 2019 is, is, is basically like if someone watched Hellfest from 2018 and said, bitch, please. And, and made this film and i was like yeah i couldn't agree more that's pretty much what it is uh yeah i yeah, know i agree i i remember i've seen uh hellfest before and which yeah. in its own right is it i think is a decent film for especially around halloween time i just think that one you know i think with that one it's read more of a a standard slasher film yeah where this one i think the cult the cult like killers it just has a different element that makes the film more intriguing than help yeah. us. Plus the kills are way better in this movie. And I like the final girl a lot more. But uh but yeah, if uh this is a really good really really great movie. Uh one of my uh one of my personal favorites that I've found in recent years. I I, I love watching this especially around, you know, spooky time, which you know, which you know, every day's Halloween for us horror fans, but October is just uh, it, it's just a uh, it gives us a a bit of a different surge every year. Even though we watch horror every year, there's just something about October horror movies that's just it just hits different. But uh, yeah, uh, it's you know a really great film. It's uh, streaming on Shutter. Highly recommend checking it out if you haven't. I don't know why you're listening to this. If you haven't. Uh, if I had to rate this. Uh, I'm gonna go with clown mask. Uh, I'm probably gonna go with four clown mask out of five. No, I would definitely. I agree. The exact same sentiment. I I was thinking that would uh, four out of five as well. Um, there's definitely you know, there's improvements. I, as I mentioned earlier, there was no point of a boyfriend. Um, yeah. You know, the, I would. Yeah, I said, the boyfriend definitely I'd take out for sure. Um, I think I, I eventually I'm, I'm pretty sure that's what it is. It's a cold. I would. Potentially, I would have liked a little bit of a backstory, even if it was just, even if there's just something on the wall, like that explains, like, oh my God, they worship the devil, like just anything that kind of would explain a little bit of their background. Yeah. Um, 
you know, you can always improve, you can improve on the acting, but you know, from beginning to end, it is a fun film. It's something that, you know, you watch, especially around the Halloween time, you're definitely going to enjoy. Um, you're going to get your scares. If you haven't, if you don't have anybody that watches, um, horror or is new or is, you know, looking into getting something on the scene, I would highly recommend this film as well. Yep, absolutely. Uh, Jared, uh, why don't you uh, close this out? You know, the definitely, um, this was a great film. Definitely, I want to say shout out to Kyle for picking it. Um, he has picked, uh, just going to our schedule next week, we will review Halloween 2018 that will drop on Friday, which is essentially around the same date and time as halloween kills will drop um but after that the next week will be uh believe it's terrifier uh yes terrifier which which is i know it's a film that you enjoy as well as our our good friend from screen queen cc so i'm looking forward to that one as well they'll round out the uh the end of october you're gonna be uh, in for a surprise with terrifier jr if you haven't seen it yet it's uh it's pretty fucking gruesome. There's a kill in that movie that you're going to be like, what the fuck? <laughs> I'm de- like, as, as I mentioned, I feel like you find all the gems that I haven't seen or hurt or just haven't been around, especially in the last five to 10 years. So I am definitely, you know, intrigued on that. And then as I was, as mentioned, we round out the end of October with the 40th anniversary of Halloween to 1981, the sequel to the original Halloween uh, from 1978. Um, yep. With that, um, obviously, as I mentioned earlier, um, you know, I was previously sick with COVID and we always say, make sure you guys, you know, we do everything we can to enjoy our vacations and our time, especially around the holidays, especially as things are getting uh, the weather's changing. Just take care of yourself. Make sure you stay in good health. Um, you know, do everything you can to be protective. The one thing I will say is if you, that was interesting with, with my situation, I did not think I had COVID. My symptoms were similar to a sinus infection. So if you think that there is a chance that you have a symptom that you don't feel well, whether it's a congestion or a sinus headache or a sore throat, just, you know, get checked. It's the best thing, the you know, easy getting tested is not hard. I've been tested multiple times since August. So um, especially during this time, hospitals are going to become inundated with more COVID patients, more flu patients uh, as flu season is coming around the corner. And so we'll just do everything we can to prevent another shutdown, prevent the loss of holidays with loved ones. So just protect yourselves and your family. The last thing I will say is please enjoy October and the and Halloween season, you know, it was. I see it all the time as Halloween comes around. We're already seeing Christmas stuff, and it's like we can't enjoy Halloween. It seems like because consumers and uh, and big businesses are already pushing uh, Christmas season on us. And I love Christmas, but man, we get like thirty one days. Let's enjoy October. And I was. It reminded me of um, a scene from the movie uh, Daddy's Home Two, starring Mark Wahlberg. And um, Mark Wahlberg, Mel Gibson, uh, Will Ferrell, and John Cena, where they play this Christmas song called uh, Do They Know Where's uh, Christmas? 
And John Cena says, I love this song. I'll play it in August. I don't even care. It's like, yes, it seems that way that nobody cares about Halloween. They'll play Christmas songs and put up Christmas trees during October. And it's just, again, yep. if you are a spooky fan, you love Halloween, uh, enjoy your enjoy your October. Watch as many scary movies as you can, um, especially, you know, bringing in new new fans into the horror genre. It's a big month. Uh, we don't need to, you know, quickly again, Sunday. Uh, this Sunday, October 10th, Scream 25th Anniversary. Uh, Tuesday, October 12th, Chucky series, uh, TV series premiere on Sci-Fi. Um, October 14th slash 15th, movie theater um, release of Halloween Kills. And then as we just found out, Sci-Fi Day of the Dead on Friday the 15th. And then on Saturday the 16th, uh, as well as Friday the 15th on Amazon Prime. I know what you did last summer. Uh, TV uh, series premiere, and then Saturday the 16th, Slum Party Massacre TV series premiere on Sci-Fi. So, yep. as I uh, leave you with that, enjoy your October, enjoy your spooky season, enjoy the Halloween time, because it's only uh, while we always say um, every day is Halloween, but we only get October once a year. So enjoy it, and um, I'll leave you with that. So goodbye, good night, and remember, every day is Halloween.